Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How about you? Yeah, not bad. We, uh, York and I are just chilling today after a scooter accident. Not scraped up his elbow and hand a little bit, but he's, uh, he's right where you bend your arm, so mm-hmm. it's making it hard for him to want to bend his arm because it hurts. Yeah. But just thankful it's not broken, but it's a worthwhile lesson why you wear pads. You know, when your parents tell you to wear pads. So when you're like, oh, whatever, Dad. And then you go out and ride. And then I'm like, all right, you'll find out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did. Anyway, it didn't feel like going to his camp for today. So I was like, that's fine. You can chill at the house with me. But you're going to do, you're, you are going to get some reading done today, though. So, as am I. <laughs> Later today, at least. Yeah. I have started the, uh, if anybody has seen on our Instagram stories, I started the Andrew McCarthy uh, book called Brat, an 80 story. Um, it's pretty good. I'm 72 pages into it. It's about 217 pages long. It's very, it's good so far. Uh, it's very personal. Um, goes into what it was like growing up and then kind of just floating through high school and then kind of floating through college, but knowing he wanted to act but not really putting a whole lot of effort into the whole academic part of it. Yeah. Um, but and not really doing a whole lot to kind of learn about acting. He just wanted to act. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I want to make movies, but I really don't want to put in a whole lot of effort into learning about the history of movies or. I've, I've been there. That's yeah. kind of, that was kind of my problem. When I went to film school, I went to major in production, but couple years in, I was like, man, I don't, I've seen all these movies that people didn't go to film school. You know, I had that kind of yeah. mindset. Yeah. Of course, hindsight 2020, like I should have stuck with it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know what that feeling. But, and I know it too, because in the book, he kind of talks about how he, uh, you know, he befriended one of his old high school teachers um, after he graduated. Mm-hmm. And they would go to like, because he lived in New Jersey, they would go to and he ended up moving to the city for to pursue uh, acting and in college and everything. And then he, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he would go and have his acting classes. Tuesday and Thursday would be his academic classes, which he didn't have hardly any interest in. Yeah. So he would go to these Tuesday double features of old movies. Which sounded like he was listing them off how they were pairing the two, and I'm like, these sound amazing. I would have had, them. I probably, honestly, I probably would have done the same thing, but I still would have done like the work for the class. I just would have been not. I just would have had to borrow some of the notes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he just kind of blew them off. So it's, uh, and then he kind of talks about his first theater role and how he kind of was able to get his sad card doing a commercial or an inf. An informational or industrial. It was an industrial film, so like um, movies made for companies for their training and stuff like that. I call it, those are referred to as industrial films. And so it was about that and how he gets sad card and all. And that's kind of where I'm at. But it's pretty interesting so far. He was in. It was weird. He talks about how he was not really wanting, not a very social person, like wanting to hang out with a lot of people and do all this. He kind of wanted to stay to him, keep to himself, but at the same time wanted to be on stage. And so he, it was a, a constant battle of those two forces. So yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, okay, I got you. I said, I could see how all that could be an issue. Oh, we, you know, constantly fighting those, you know, those battles. So, yeah. but yeah, that's where I'm at so far. So, but, uh, not quite halfway, but, you know, 36 percent or something like that through the book cool. then after i read it i really want to try and so we can get him on so yeah i'll make i'll make i'll, I'll reach out on all the various ways possible as as much as possible so. 
Yeah, man, that's about it with us, you know, just, just chilling. Yeah, um, not much new with me, just working. Um, <clears throat> I haven't done much reading lately, so I want to get back into that. I guess I kind of give myself a break from it, but I still have a book I need to finish reading, and I've bought at least three more. I'm like, you know, so I, I got to get on it, but uh, I haven't really done much been pretty pretty boring lifestyle right now gotcha yeah but we did uh because we didn't record for the last week um one it was a holiday two it was we were also out of town and uh visiting my mom my grandmother in missouri and my brother and his family came down as well so that was awesome to see them and um had a really good time it was good to see everybody um, yeah, we watched the na- the neighbors try not to blow down or try not to set fire to either my grandmother's house or the neighbor's house. Uh, um, you know, just trying to set off fireworks in the neighborhood instead of going somewhere else where they might not have fireworks accidentally, you know, shoot off into trees. Yeah. <laughs> like they did a couple times. But, you know, no worries. Um, and I got to swing by my high school since it was my 25th year anniversary. The actual uh, reunion was the weekend before, so it's just kind of funny that I show up the week after. But no worries. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good. It was a good time. We did. We didn't watch anything. York and I. I ended up watching uh, the Tomorrow War while we were down, and York cut kind of the about halfway. About halfway, he caught about half of it. So, yeah, it's it's a thing <laughs> we'll talk about. Um, I guess we yes. do have a double feature going today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, I guess before we get started, um, Loki episode five, pretty uh, pretty good. Yeah, I'm just curious what this week's finale is going to look like. We're, we're finally getting somewhere. Yeah. Wish I had. I'm starting to feel like maybe a couple more episodes would be good, but don't know how it's going to end. Don't know how long the last episode is. Right. But this one was. <laughs> last was episode is 25 packed. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a one division episode, and they just kind of leave it. So I mean, they are working on a season two, so. Be interesting. Yeah. So, so I think the going fan theory is that the main overall villain is probably going to be King. Uh, the conqueror or something like that yeah so should be interesting because he is kind of a i think he like a time jumper or does something where you manipulate time or something like that yeah and uh it is cast by the weed from uh because they've already casted the character um, yeah for future projects at least i'm not sure if it's going to be in a marvel film like if he's going to wind up being in like dr strange or if he's going to be in i think it's supposed to be ant-man <clears throat> Amen. Yeah. Okay. That that long word. Quant- yeah. Quantumania or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But they can still tease it here. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking it's another Loki. It just it just seems like everything going on here somehow leads back to a Loki yeah. variant. So Johnson Majors, that's who's been cast as uh, King the Conqueror. So, and he played the lead in Lovecraft uh, Country, if you watch that on HBO Max. Yeah, so, sadly, it's not getting a second season. Sad, very sadly. Yeah. Um, I heard that they pretty much covered everything in the in the book by the same name, so it would be okay. more of the creator of the show and director kind of going off, just being yeah. creative, because it wouldn't have any material to go off of. Right. Yeah. Oh, well. But... Yeah, um, so all the fan theories are pointing that way. I personally don't know because that's, again, Marvel, so I'm not as in tuned. Um, I did watch uh, Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 animated movie, mm-hmm. but, I will yeah. cover that, but I will cover that next week. Okay. So, we'll just say I was not disappointed, which is... A strong recommendation considering 
DC hasn't really been impressing me with their animated movies lately. They've been they've dropped the ball. Oh, they've been dropping the ball left and right on that the past yeah. couple. At least for me, at least the ones that I've been watching. Yeah. And keep me until the new either Justice League or JSA movie, uh, World War Two is supposed to be really good, and I haven't gotten around to watching that one yet. So, but more on uh, Batman: The Long Halloween Part One next week. Okay. All right. Um, I guess let's get into it, man. Um, double feature this week. Uh, which one do you want to start with? The good one or the should have been good one? Should have been a good one. Let's go right. ahead and get that one out of the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, mercy. Surprisingly enough, I did watch it a second time. I almost did because I wanted to write down more notes because since I was out of town, I didn't have my notepad handy when I watched it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the movie we're talking about is The Tomorrow War. came out uh, July 2nd to Prime Video. Starring Christopher Pratt, Yvonne Strahovski, J.K. Simmons, Betty Gilpin, Sam Richardson, Jasmine Matthews, Edwin Hodge, uh, excuse me, Keith Powers, and Mary Lynn Rice Cub, who I was very sad didn't have a big girl, but whatever. Um, so Tomorrow War is about a family man that is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. Directed by Chris McKay, who directed the Lego Batman movie, and written by Zachary Dean, or Zach Dean, I guess I should just say. Yeah. um, This movie was something. There was time travel, so, you know... Kind of had me hooked there. I like Chris Pratt enough. I was excited to see Mary Lou in Ricecope, so I was definitely going to watch that because she's one of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, she was there, obviously, for comic relief, but feel like felt her role was not utilized enough, I guess is a good no. one. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did like... I enjoyed the action sequences. It was just everything... In between and before that starts, I don't know, could have been tweaked quite a bit. <laughs> yes. The effects aren't bad. I mean, this looks like a. It, it looks like Pratt made straight to. I, mean, I would say straight to streaming, but technically it was, I guess. I mean, yeah. but this looks like a straight to Redbox or, I guess, back in the good old days, a straight to video. Um, movie it doesn't look like one that would have been released in theaters i think that was the original plan until it was sold to amazon okay yeah probably for the best <laughs> i mean because the the dialogue's kind of stagnant i guess is a good way to put it um yeah the yeah. Char- they try to do something with characters and it they're to flesh them out and make them, or I don't want to say relatable, but to make it to where you cared about them. And yeah. I just didn't feel like I, it ever got there. It tried, I know it tried really hard. And I understand what they're trying to do with the story. It just, I just don't feel like it ever got there. Or that even this, without giving too much away, just this tension between, um, be between Yvonne Strahovski's character, Colonel uh, Murray Forrester, Forrester, and uh, Chris Pratt's character, Dan Forrester. I just didn't see their, like, I didn't see the need for that, if that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I get it when they talk about it, but I'm just like, I don't know why it's, why that needed to be a part of it. I mean, it, first of all, when they actually meet and realize what's yeah. up, the reaction was kind of like should, I felt like it should have been more. Yeah. Like, like I can't believe that. Da, 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 but it was just like, okay. And then they just move on. <laughs> you know, it's like it wasn't really. There's no chemistry right. there, and um, none. And um, yeah. I mean, even the 
the relationship between him and his dad, I was like, okay, so you know, it could be a cool dynamic. I didn't even know it was but, his dad for the longest time. Right. And then, <laughs> oh, that's his dad. Oh, okay. The scene between when he goes to talk to his father to get help, and he's like, you know, he says something, and then Chris yeah. Pratt's character's like, um, what did you just say to me? And it just it just seemed like out of, I don't know, just the way it was read. It was yeah. the timing of it or the way it was read or how it was written, which, you know, I don't really comment a lot on script and all that, but that just kind of, it just stuck out. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that took me out of the movie the most was the music. The music was so bad in this movie. <laughs> like, it's this big, intense music, and then all of a sudden, just nothing at all. You know, like, yeah. really, you're, it's, it built up, the build-up didn't have, like, any sort of payoff. It just kind of built up to something that wasn't really necessary. Yeah. It seemed like that happened a couple of times, that there was just all this build-up, and there was just nothing. Yeah. And you're like, and then it would have some, like, I don't know, some lame as a orchestra, orchestral stuff, and I'm like, <sighs> just, I, I don't know, the music, I just, I, I don't like, I don't know what they're doing with the score, but it's, it's, it's taking me out of, like, it's distracting to me. Yeah. But then, how they start off the movie, how they give you, like, a glimpse to what's yeah. going to happen later, I'm like, they didn't need that there. They could have left that out and just started where they started. Yeah. But, even from that, you know, that party scene at the beginning where they're, for some reason, everybody's watching the World Cup, which yeah. I didn't think that'd be a big thing. Right. Like, I mean, they're not soccer fans, but just looking at the 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 crowd and like, okay, now, unless that's just the only thing they have going, you know, maybe I that's guess. why. Um, but like that scene, I feel like once they went to the future, I was like, okay, I was digging it and everything that happened in between the, I guess the, um, I guess the meat of it. I found it was enjoyable, but it was kind of lackluster too. Yeah, characters making some dumb decisions where it's like, okay, you didn't really have to do that. This doesn't seem like a film Chris Pratt would have voluntarily signed on for. Does that make sense? Like this seems like one. It was a contractual obligation. Yeah. Yeah, he owed somebody like a favor. Okay. Yeah, something. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's fine looking for something to watch on streaming and maybe put on the background, this would be a fine choice. You may get a little confused because there are some things you kind of have to pay attention to that just kind of understand what's going on in the film. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I, not that I had, you know, a ton, like high expectations, but yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that army of the dead and, the Tomorrow War has kind of taught me is that Tignataro and Mary Lloyd and Rice Cub need to be in a buddy cop movie. I've decided because Tig could play the straight person and Mary Lloyd could play the kind of the more goofier, edgier person. Or really the other way around, but I think Tig's better at the subtleties. Yeah. Um, but they both prove their badass at the same time. So maybe uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband, Ben Falcone, could, you know, write and direct some buddy cop movie for the two of them to be in. Yeah. Cause I would be there to watch it. Cause I bet it would be hilarious. <laughs> anyway, that was my thought, uh, yesterday when I was thinking about this and I was thinking about, uh, what I wanted to talk about for this movie. I'm like, yes, this is, this is what really needs to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, tomorrow wars fine. It's on Amazon prime. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. All right, now to the movie we actually liked. <laughs> more, I guess I should say. The one we enjoyed more. Yeah. Enough to where awesome. I watched it three times. <laughs> <laughs> and me one and a half because I fell asleep. Because <laughs> I was tired the first time and then watched it again the next day. We're talking about finally released. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the finally released. I felt like Chris Evans at the end of at the end of Endgame, just sitting there on the bench 
you, old you, Captain America. Is oh yeah. Going just, looking looking up looking up at Sam going his Black Widow out yet? <laughs> <laughs> Been waiting this long. Yeah. Been waiting here this entire time. <laughs> like it's, it's just, like yeah, this is more than just giving you the, the shield, Sam. I've been yeah. I've been literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yes, Black Widow has finally been released. It released uh, July 9th. It's uh, two hours thirteen minutes long. It is PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, it's a film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the films of Civil War and Infinity War. So it kind of lets you know where the time frame is. I mean, this play takes place just after Civil War, and it uh, basically it it focuses you know on Natasha Natasha's sister, not Birth's sister, but I guess they were raised together by yeah. two a- agents. <laughs> Two Russian agents, and I guess more or less we're using them as cover, as you know, as children. Yeah. Anyways, they were ra- They ended up getting, I guess, abducted, kidnapped. I don't know how. Well, taken away, <laughs> taken away by their fake parents after the father, completed played by David Harbor, yeah. uh, completed a mission in in the U.S. and then. Uh, flies to Cuba to where they then meet up with their Russian people and then they take them take the girls away and they get raised in the red door which is basically just like a sp- red, red sparrow room. red room, red room. yeah yes. red room. whatever <laughs> whatever anyways they get ra- raised to be kid assassins <laughs> yeah yeah and <clears throat> wait wait no you good man I was just gonna say it, it. It was showing like that intro. Yeah. Scene. The indoctrination scene. It. It was different from. Like I didn't feel like a Marvel movie at first. Like without right. the Marvel Studios presents and the Black Widow. It's like this is like some like SVU episode or something. Right. <laughs> and uh, instead of like you know we have stories of kids being trafficked for other things. Here they're taking these kids they think are unwanted and making them spies and assassins. Yep. So it's not the same, but it's kind of similar parallels. Like you know, they're using them for something that they shouldn't be. Right. And just kind of brainwashing them, making them just mindless soldiers, almost like Winter Soldier. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I really did at first when I was watching it in the theater, I kind of it was kind of throwing me off. The, the music. I was kind of hoping they just used a slowed down version of Kirk Cobain's song, but they had somebody else sing it. Oh yeah. But after watching it the next couple of times, you know, it kind of kind of warmed up to it. But um, I'm like, did Zack Snyder pick this music? <laughs> it did feel very very uh, Justice, Justice League. League. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, oh, we got somebody that does cover song that slows yes. down cover song. What's Zach? You have any recommendations? I got just the one. <laughs> We didn't use this for just so this would be perfect. Yeah, take it. It's cool. But um but it was a cool way to kind of show what happened without having to go through actual scenes. It's just right. we're gonna montage it and yep. boom, there you go. I mean, part of the cre- opening credit scene. Yeah. Yep. So, no, it did a great job doing that. Yes. But basically Natasha's sister, um, Yelena Bolova, played by Florence Pugh from uh, Midsummer, Little um, Little Women, and what else was she saying? But those are the kind of her two. Uh, she was also in The Commuter, Lady Macbeth, and Marcella. But most people, oh, and Fighting with My Family. I haven't watched that. Yeah. And so they, uh, anyways, Elena is. Uh, basically comes across this antidote that cures, you know, black widows of their, basically their mind wipe or whatever. And basically it snaps them out of it. Yeah. And, you know, erases all that stuff and makes them remember who they are. 
Well, first she gets doused with it, and then she decides, you know, she's gonna. She ends up sending it to Natasha. Natasha then finds it, and then, you know, they have a, uh, re, they have a reunion of sorts. <laughs> it was, it was a very non-typical reunion, but have a reunion nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, decide they're gonna try and take down the Red Room. And then have to, uh, they require the help of their fake parents, Alexi and Melina, from, uh, to find where the Red Room is and then take them down. But not, but at the same time, the Taskmaster has been sent to try and stop them and, uh, at every turn, so. And recover that. This yes. <laughs> yep. Recover the thing, yeah. <laughs> the item. Zero yes. always after a thing, and this is the thing. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought David Harbour did a good job as the comedic uh, take on this. Yes. Comic relief from the, in the movie. Although Florence Florence Pugh had a couple of really good scenes, like when she's more or less mocking Natasha's. Superhero landing, as the people would say. Then she does it later and is like, that feels disgusting. disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, it did feel like it's kind of a. Because we know, as far as Black Widow goes, we know if you've seen Endgame, you know what happens. Yes. There. So this is more or less like a passing of the torch. You know, anybody who's brought up in the red room you're basically a black widow and so there's tons of widows yes and uh but um it was kind of like the passing of the torch and i feel like they did pretty good with the casting because even though they're not technically related like i i yeah. buy it <laughs> i buy it you know everybody i mean yeah even the mom i'm like yeah you might not have birthed her but y'all i got some y'all got some features to favor enough to yeah work. It, it, I, i'd buy it um, and then that opening action sequence with uh, Natasha and Taskmaster, I was yeah. like, man, um, mimicking every move, even the little kip up pose, and yep. and um, kind of very Iron Man esque because she was kind of he was kind of um, analyzing her, but then yeah. you can see, yeah, it's like, oh, we gotta go to the primary target, which is yeah, get these this the thing, <laughs> yeah, gotta get this thing, you know, don't waste time with her, <laughs> basically. Right. But, um, but yeah, um, I feel like the the action, the fight scenes were very intense. Like, yeah, I think it was solid. Hard. Yes, they were going hard. I was like, man, especially the kitchen scene when they were fighting. I yeah. was like, man, I don't. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't hold back. I mean, it didn't nope. feel like they were actually fighting. You know, yeah. it didn't feel like they were throwing punches. They were going at it. Like kind of like getting the feel for each other. Right. It's been Twenty years. What have you learned compared to what I know? And are you compromised? And, yeah. you know, just trying to do that. And then they kind of had a truce. Like, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. All right. <laughs> Got that out of our system. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I looked at York. I said, well, it's like you and Grayson fighting. <laughs> just more verbally than, yes. <laughs> verbally than physically, thank goodness. Right. Uh, the repairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was good. I, you know, I really, I really liked how they did it. I didn't think, you know, because I'd heard mixed reviews on it. Mm-hmm. This seemed more like a Winter Soldier, like Captain America Winter Soldier, as far as the style what they were going for. Yeah. Just another small. It's I like Marvel's smaller movies. I mean, I like the big epic ones too, but I like it when it, they keep it small, like when right. they keep the universe small and the the story kind of contained. And all the characters, we have to give everybody their time. Right. You can focus on character development and story. And you can actually focus on the fact, in the fact that this, I think the time period they chose with it being right after Civil War, so everybody is on the run or captured. Yeah. You know, there there isn't anybody that could come help her. True. You know, she, there isn't really anybody she could call. <clears throat> I mean, the ones she would call are arrested, and the ones, the other ones, they're not talking. 
Right. So it's like, yeah. They're having so, their own little is, family issues. Yes. <laughs> yep. But as we have learned, <laughs> you can't turn your back on family. <laughs> nope. Nothing is stronger than family. Even, even when they turn their back on, you never turn your back on them. Mm-hmm. So it's so, a theme, even in it's a the theme. Tomorrow War. Even the yep, Tomorrow, in tomorrow War. And in the movie I'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. So it is a theme for their at least two weeks running now. We'll see if it holds up for three. <laughs> yeah, it, <clears throat> no, overall, the effects were good. I mean, the story was fine. I mean, like, I didn't have a problem with the story. Um, acting was fine. It's, you know, the accents went in and out, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, they were kind of mimicking Americans for a while when it actually had yeah. accents. So I can get, I kind of like, you know, you kind of give a little it. pass on that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I agree. But it was nice to get an in between story of what happened after Civil War before uh, Natasha shows up in Infinity War with everyone. And but I do want to see what happens because, you know, she gets the, the jet. Yeah. That they use in uh, Infinity War and later on in Endgame, and um, you know she has another mission. You know she's got family right. issues that she resolved here, and now she's got to resolve her other issues. And yep. So I was like, I'd like to see maybe a short, just do a short of that scene or something, just so we can see what that, like a pre a, a pre prequel to Infinity War right. side mission here. Yeah. That'd but, be cool. I mean, they probably could, really. Yeah. But um. This was, um, so I think uh, Scarlett Johansson specifically didn't want, like, a, a real deep origin story for Black Widow. Yeah. Like, she, she was actually, like, cool with um, the in-between, you know, story of what happened after Civil yeah. War. And, um, but yeah, this movie was in production for a while. Like, it was, um, Lionsgate had acquired the rights back in 2004, and they were working on their own movie then, but then they couldn't come up with something, so the rights reverted back to Marvel. And gotcha. then, you know, everything just kind of going from there. And they finally came up with a story. You know. But, um, yeah, I mean, for to have to wait as long as we did, not just, like, it should have came out five years ago, but then when it was supposed to come out, we had to wait another year. So, obviously, there was concerns about it, but I feel like, if you're a fan of anything in MCU, you'll like this. It's yeah. not like you're it's not. It's it's a little darker than the other Marvel movies. Yeah, uh, a little bit. And um, I mean, not not a lot, but just comparing to everything else, it's it's right. a little more serious tone to it. Yeah, with a sprinkle of humor here and there. Yeah, it's a lot more espionage, I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah, like Widow got her uh, Winter Soldier movie. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, but I like how they did they did bring up Winter Soldier in the film and. And how to utilize that. I, I did like that. Yeah. So, I mean, when you watch yeah, the Taskmaster, you see, you know, he's the arrow like Hawkeye. Yep. And then his knife skills are like the Winter Soldier. And yep. then he, his shield skills are like Cap. Yep. And uh, like Panther with the claws. With the claws. Yep. Uh, All right. Cool. I'm trying to figure out who the sword's supposed to be. <laughs> um, Unless it's Hawkeye's Ronin character. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. But, but he wasn't that thin, so. Right. Ugh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> but no, it's pretty dope. I liked it. Yeah. I'd watch it again easily. I mean, it's definitely rewatchable for sure. Yeah. So, not one you're like, eh. So, no, it's better what I. I'll even say it's better than what I expected, which I didn't have. Huge expo- like I wasn't like over the moon excited about it. I was like, okay, cool. When it comes out, I'll watch it. Yeah. But I wasn't like, oh my god, I'm, I can't wait for this to be out. Yeah. But then when you know you learn the, what the storyline is, where it takes place, you know, there's no real sense of danger with the Black Widow character, with Natasha's character. Right. But then you start worrying about, okay, what's gonna happen to these new people? <laughs> you know, right. Exactly. Are they gonna stay around? And like we know she's good, but is this, you know, mom, dad, sis, is this gonna be? You know, this is going to be a mission that hurts her even more because she's trying to save them, but... Right. Yeah. Well, and I was more concerned... This is stupid, too, but I was even more concerned about Natasha's hair in this film. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing with your hair, girl? (laughs) (laughs) You're 
your hair has been on a journey in this in this Marvel series like none other. <laughs> so, but I mean that's that. <laughs> yeah, and there's you know it's but it's part of you know blending in and not being noticed and trying to always be in some sort of disguise. So, but I like how they you know they were able to go eyes are hair blonde and now you know why. So this movie explains that you know the real you question the that question. needed to be answered. You had the question. And then where does she get her nice pocket? pocket yeah, vest? pocket vest. <laughs> it does have a lot of pockets. Look at little things in it. You never know. You I like that scene. Put all kinds of stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I like Elaine's character. So. Yeah. I think they're gonna. I think she's sticking around for a little bit. I think so too. I think they, she might wind up being the new Black Widow. For. Let me consider they're all widows anyway. So. Yeah. Exactly. The. Uh, there is oh there is a. A, a post-credit scene at the very end. I mean, I guess there is one, but they don't really roll credits first. But basically, there's like a two weeks later scene, and then yeah. there's the post-credit post-credit scene. So, yeah. At the very end. So definitely uh, be sure you watch for that. If you're watching it in theaters, hang around. You're yep. Watching on Disney Plus. Oh, oh man, <laughs> fast forward like I did. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I felt. I don't know. I felt like I had so much power in doing that. <laughs> Say, say no movie you will not make me sit here nope not this time i appreciate everybody that worked on it but guess what we're fast forwarding through this <laughs> yeah oh man yeah black widow go check it out so. um i guess the only other caveat i'll bring up is that uh not caveat but the only thing i'll bring up regarding black widow especially if you have depending on how old your kids are there is a scene where they talk about having their uteruses taken out uh, because uh, Red Guardian does ask if it's if if it's Yelena's time in the month, and she says she can't have a period because they take the uterus out whenever you join the Red Room, and she's like doing this whole visual thing with it, and just rip it all out, and then he tells her to stop, and she goes right before I was going to talk about fallopian tubes. Yeah. Anyway, so there is that in there. So if you have, yeah. If, you know, nobody's really. I wasn't. I have not been asked about all that, so I'm just gonna leave it be. <laughs> but just letting you know that's that is in there, in one scene. That's maybe more of an adult theme, I guess you could say. Call that. Um, yeah. There's some. There's there's a little something that's in like um, with the bad guy and Natasha. They have their battle. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some folks may have. There might be somebody somewhere that might have yeah, an issue with that. But, that's true. But it, it's got it's got a purpose and a reason. Yes. Yeah. But just keeping that in mind, I did want to be sure I brought that up. Yeah. So. Okay, man. Uh, you want to go first on your next film? Alrighty. I guess I'll talk a little bit about Werewolves Within. Okay. <clears throat> Which I have now. I have rented. I have not watched yet. But I will cover. I will cover my put my two cents in next week. All right. So released July second, twenty twenty one. Runtime of an hour and thirty seven minutes, and the director is Josh Rubin, and it stars Sam Richardson, which we recently yep. appeared in Tomorrow War. Yep. So everything's looking up for Sam. <laughs> At least halfway. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, he is. He kind of reminded me of somebody we work with. High class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to bring that up to him. Um, <clears throat> they have uh, Milana Vantru, George Basil, Wayne Duvall, Catherine Curtin, uh, Michaela Watkins, Sarah Burns, and Michael Chernis. Just to name a few. It's like a long list of... <laughs> There's a lot of, of comedic yeah. actors, and it's Milana Vantrub who plays... Uh, what's her name on uh, AT&T, commercial, AT&T commercials? She's also going to be the one playing Squirrel Girl in uh, the Marvel. I can see why. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a feature adaptation of the video game where werewolves attack a small town. So apparently this is a Ubisoft game, which I've never heard of or played. So I'm not familiar with the actual video game. But um, basically you have the small town of Beaverfield, we have Finn Wheeler, played by Sam Richardson, who's taken over as 
Forest Ranger because the previous one got murdered mysteriously by some strange creature. Um, he personally is dealing with a breakup from his ex, and he has issues with speaking up for himself. He's like living, listening. He's in the car listening to some self-help uh, audio about how to be a little more outspoken about things. Okay. So it's you know it's kind of humorous. Um, <clears throat> once he gets to town, he befriends uh, Cicely, who's the uh, the mail carrier for the town, and you know he gets a little information about the town and a few citizens. And <clears throat> and like I mentioned before, there was a death that occurred, killing the husband of local lodge owner Janine. And also, this town is dealing with the proposed pipeline that the residents are divided on. You know, some are for it because you know, they get money and they're they're having money issues. So yeah, we'll take the money. Some aren't necessarily hard on you know hard for money, so they're like you know we don't need this. We're we're good, and um, we don't want you messing up where we're living because we got all this forest that we don't want to mess up. Um, <clears throat> so there's a blizzard that comes in, knocks out all the power. And even though they have generators, eventually those mess up. Um, and then you have this kind of, it kind of kind of reminds me of, has elements of Clue, Knives Out, you know, just kind of becomes a whodunit type deal because yeah. they start kind of questioning each other because they're starting to think that there's a werewolf in town. And it may be one of them, but nobody's wanting to mess up to it. Um, they also find the body of this former uh, park ranger or forest ranger and they're kind of thinking like maybe it was the, the wife that did it and she's just covering up. Um, you have uh, Sam Parker who's the pipeline person who's trying to get everybody to sign this deed. But it has to be unanimous. They can't do it if one person is against it. So it has to be a unanimous decision. Gotcha. They just have issues with that. Um, but, I mean, it's got, some, it's got some good humor. It does feel like kind of Shaun of the Dead, there's like there's some shots where they're um, boarding up windows, you know, how they kind of just do little quick shots of these right. elements. Um, it's got some cool dark humor. Uh, I don't want to like spoil it or anything, but it's worth checking out. It's definitely worth checking okay. out. I think I think you'll enjoy it. I think anybody who watches it will enjoy it. Um, you know, if you like Clue, if you like the uh, Knives Out. Movies like that, we have a good ensemble cast and trying to have them kind of play off each other. And it was just pretty good. It's, it's okay. well worth watching. Yeah. Cool. i just leave it at that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I've been... I, uh, I'm definitely um, excited to see that for sure because... I've been wanting to, plus after watching the trailer, then I had um, one of my best friends from back home, Mike Thomas. Thank you for recommending this. Uh, watched it, loved it, and basically kind of had the same thoughts. So now I'm excited to you know get around to watching it, and I'm glad you watched it too. Um, it looks like a fun movie, and I can't wait. Yeah. You know, it's good runtime, so it's easy watch. You know, just, it's not really a lot of bogged down moments, so it's, it's fun. Okay. You can, tell cool. they can, you can tell they have fun making it as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, the only other one I've got. So, uh, for those that have kids, we Grayson and I had a little movie date night. We went and watched. Oh, by the way, York watched Black Widow with me this morning. He really liked it. That it was that was pretty awesome. Loved the action in it. So he he uh, he really liked it. Um, so him and I watched that movie together, and then. A couple of days ago, Grayson and I went to the theater and went and saw The Boss Baby 2, Family Business. Because, you know, you can't turn your back on family. family. <laughs> not even in The Boss Baby. Especially not. The base. So, so the sequel takes place when, uh, when Tim and uh, basically The Boss Baby Ted, or Teddy, uh, both are grown adults now. So and and uh, Tim has his own family now. It's like they're grown. He's got his own family. He's got his own daughter, well, two daughters, and 
So it's uh But he finds out that his youngest daughter works for Baby Corps. She talks to him and she needs his help and Teddy's well he she needs his help to get his brother Teddy to help. So she doesn't really need her dad's help. She needs basically her uncle's help because he used to work for Baby Corps when he was. But kind of like the whole um, like in Hook with Peter Pan, you know, he forgot he grew up and forgot all about it. Same type of thing. Basically, basically, uh, Ted forgot about who he about his life when he was the boss baby. And so uh, Tina who is voiced by Amy Sedaris. Oh, uh, Alec Baldwin reprises his role as Ted, and James Marston reprises his role as Tim. Um, well, not reprises. He voices Tim, older Tim. And then they have another daughter. He has another daughter, uh, Tabitha, played by Ariana Greenblatt. If Goldwyn plays the voice of Dr. Armstrong, the villain in the film... Eva Longoria voices Carol, which is Tim's wife in the film. Uh, then Jim and Kimball actually voices Grandpa or Ted Sr. And Lisa Kudrow voices Grandma, a.k.a. Janice. So, basically, the Templeton brothers have become adults and drifted away from each other. But a new boss baby with a cutting-edge approach is about to bring them together again. And inspire a new family business. Basically, Doctor Armstrong is trying has this fancy school, the Acorn School, and he's using it to educate these kids about, you know, the ways of the world, but also why they don't need parents, and that how kids are essentially going to take over the world, and there won't be any need for parents. So, Doctor Armstrong is working on using kids to develop apps because they love screen time. Basically right. developing apps to make the parents mindless drones. I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too much into Oh, I know it's going to sound so I really don't want to spoil the movie. Because <laughs> there's a couple of things that are like oh, alright. Well, didn't really quite see that coming but probably should have. Yeah. Um, Grayson really liked it. She even told me about quarter way through the movie saying, Daddy, this movie is so funny. So for six-year-olds, this movie is perfect for them. Um, adults had some adult, you know, some humor for adults, but not, not as much as like some movies, you know, some movies that they try and keep the adults interested in. I thought it was fine. I think I may have actually enjoyed this one a little bit more than the first one. I haven't seen the first one multiple times since Grayson really likes it, and so did York. Yeah. Um, York didn't want to see this one. He said he'd wait till it shows up on streaming. Which I'm like, that's cool, man. I a lot of respect there, because I probably would, too, if I weren't the one having to take Grayson and have, you know, a podcast to, you know, review it on. So. Yeah. But it, uh, it was really, you know, it was cute. It was cute. The animation's actually really good. Uh, it's very colorful. So that's, you know, another reason why kids will like it, because it's very colorful. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to not love Jeff Goldblum. He's having such a fun time doing this. And really, so is, I mean, really, they all are. You can just tell they're having fun. Okay. Um, there are, like, baby ninjas and stuff like that. You know, like, oh, how cute. You think you're a ninja. And then seeing them just like throwing stars and slicing phones in half and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's cute. It's a cute movie. It's Did it need to be made? Probably not. But, I mean, they made a TV series that they put on Netflix. Um, yeah. That so, surprised me about a sequel. I'm like, yeah. isn't the show kind of a soft sequel or something like it, that? But. It is, but in the sequel, they're all grown up. Whereas in the show, in the TV show, they're still babies. So okay. it's, about, it's more about uh, Ted, you know, running Baby Core. Okay. Yeah, but it's cute. I I thought it was funny, but the best part was the part where what was it? Kind uh, of knew I should have written this down. But Grayson, oh, I know what it was. 
So there's a part where they're kind of in some sort of peril, and Ted whistles for their pony that they have. And great through now, mind you, the movie's like 20 minutes away, from, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from being over. So we've already been in there because this movie's an hour and 47 minutes long. We've already been in there at least an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And she says, "Daddy, how does that baby know how to whistle?" I said, "Seriously, this is the thing you can't believe in this entire movie. <laughs> it's the fact that this baby can't whistle." She goes. Yeah. How does it know how to whistle? I go. How does it know how to talk? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm glad to see that this is the part. This is where you draw the line. Everything else, gotcha. Except everything. <laughs> everything else in this movie makes perfect sense. How the hell does a baby know how to whistle? Is the part where we're where, I lo- where they lose you on. I'll be sure to uh, tweet at the movie and let them know. There you go. My daughter was on board until the baby started whistling today. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> that cracked me up. I laughed about that, you know, driving home and everything. That's, I got to remember to write that down. I'll forget. That's as far as her suspension of disbelief goes. Yeah, <laughs> all the way to the part. I was right there with you until. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Boss Baby 2, it's cute. Um, apparently it's also, if you have uh, the... Peacock streaming service. Uh, you can also watch it on there as well. But we went to the theater. I had uh, enough points to get a free ticket, so I didn't pay a thing there you go. to get in. I, and I gave her a choice between a pretzel or popcorn. She wanted a pretzel. Popcorn. Pick one. Yeah. It was a pretzel. I'm like, really? Alright. I have to follow that. So we got that and some fruit punch to drink, and that was it. All we had to pay for was nice. Um, anyways, that's uh, the Boss Baby 2 family business. And that concludes the three movies for me today of my continuation of we, You Don't Turn Your Back on Family. Yes, family. <laughs> All about family. This, this one is kind of family-ish <laughs> to a degree. Uh, but it's called Till Death. And um, I wouldn't really plan on watching it, but then, I don't know, it just popped up. On YouTube, somebody reviewed it, and I'm like, well, I guess it's popular enough for somebody's talking about it, so I guess I'll, I'll chance it. <laughs> I'll chance <laughs> it. So, this also came out July 2nd, 2021, and this has a runtime of an hour and 28 minutes, so it's even shorter time. Uh, directed by S.K. Dale, <clears throat> stars Megan Fox. Um, I'm probably saying his first name wrong, it's either... Ian Mackin or Eowyn Mackin, <clears throat> um, Kaylin Mulvey, Jack Roth, and Amel Amin. Uh, per IMDb, <clears throat> a woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge oh, plan. Yeah. yeah. Unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. All right. I remember talking about this trailer now. Yeah, yeah. When you mentioned, I was like, "Man, I don't think I want it." So, I don't know. <laughs> so, basically, we we were introduced to Mega Fox's character Emma, and we kind of see that she she she's married, but she may right. not be the best wife. And then later, we're introduced to her husband Mark, and we kind of see that maybe he's not the best husband either. <laughs> but this is the night of their anniversary, so they're making the best of the evening. They go out to dinner, have a nice dinner, and then Mark takes Emma out to a surprise um, uh, lake house, takes her out there for a surprise, okay. an overnight overnight thing, romantic night. So they get there, and it's got rose petals on the floor, you know, nice. Goes into, like, a, uh, dang, the room where you have the pictures. I don't know if it's a red room. Another red room, Uh-oh. but uh, Uh-oh. um, but then he's got pictures of him. He's got pictures up from their wedding. You know, it's nice, and she starts this record player. It starts blaring out this loud music, which actually makes her laugh because up until this point, she's not really showing emotion. So she actually breaks and has a chuckle. So, you know, she's he's left clues for her to follow. She finally makes it to the bedroom, and then they have their passionate night. Gotcha. So the next morning, she wakes up. 
and she let, she sees that she's handcuffed to her husband who's sitting at the bedside. And he, you know, he's making a little small talk. And then he tells her that it's time to wake up. And then he reveals that he's got a gun. Bow. Takes okay. a step out. So, for the next, I guess, 20 minutes or so, she's trying to figure out how she can unshackle herself from her dead husband. He's gone as far as to remove any and all tools that she could use. Like, she literally goes downstairs, loses her balance, falls, body and all, goes down to the basement where there's tools, and he's taking everything, like saws, screwdrivers, whatever it could have been there, he's hidden it all. And <clears throat> not to give away, like, why he did this, but she's, she's just doing everything, going out to the to the car, got the keys, trying to drive off with the dead body in the passenger seat, still shackled, but he's even went as far as to siphon all the gas out of the car. <laughs> so fast forward, you have these two dudes that just show up to the house, and you learn that they have been hired come to the house to gain access to a safe they have and take care of the occupants. But of course, husband's already dead, and the only person that can get into the safe is her. So now it's kind of become a cat and mouse deal, trying to stay hidden and trying to survive, basically. All this takes place, like, the night before, and then the next day is, is this one day. Like So I guess a night and a day, all this takes place here. Like the worst weekend at Bernie's ever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was shot well, decently acted, but it's just more like a Children Rabbit thing. I didn't really like it, but it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Like, it just, you know, just because I didn't enjoy it as much, it's still, right. it's still Someone good. Else. It's got some good suspense. Um, you know, there's, it, you just see they're both not made for each other. They should have probably just parted ways instead of trying to do all this. <laughs> One of them did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, 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 in, in a different way. <laughs> in a different way. So he, he turned his back on his family. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense. And just, you know, I do like movies that could take place in a day because it seems like it's kind of like certain movies, smaller scale, you don't have a lot of location. They're just at this lake house, in the house, the the garage, the shed, you know, on the outside. Um, I feel like if it, there's a there's an ending that if it had went this way, I probably would have liked it just because of how it ended. It would have made yeah. me. But um, but yeah, it's I still say other people may enjoy it. I didn't really like it, but because it's such a short and small you know runtime, it was easy to get right. through. But, um, but, yeah, that's till death. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the parted ways. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what kind of hashtags I'll be using today. <laughs> uh, bless. Alrighty. So, for trailers, we have... The Addams Family 2. Yeah. Because everybody was clamoring for a sequel. Addams Family 2. The Addams is get tangled up in more wacky adventures and find themselves involved in hilarious run-ins with all sorts of unsuspecting characters. Sequel to the 2019 animated film The Addams Family. I feel like they just took the summary from the first movie and then just added sequel to the 2019 animated film. Um, it just looks like it's coming out October 1st. So, yeah. With the same, same cast reprising the roles. Oh, boy. I hope it's better. I don't I mean, know. There, Grayson, Grayson's excited about it because also the Hotel Transylvania Transform Mania also comes out in October. So, which makes sense for both of those to come out then. But yeah, I didn't I didn't care for the first Adams Family. There's some there's some things that I like, but I would just like yeah. <laughs> Could have done with the X. No, that's very 
it's <laughs> barely worth the VHS at home. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad I bought it at Redbox for like two dollars or four dollars, I guess. Yeah. Um, next is Disney's new movie Encanto, coming out in November. A young Colombian girl has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. It's expected to be released November 24th, obviously, because Thanksgiving. Man, starring, <laughs> yep, starring uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's Stephanie Beatrice, um, see Diane Guerrero, Wilmer Valderrama from that Stephanie show. Uh, Angie Cepeda, Renzi Feliz, Carolina Gitten. Yeah. So there's. Yeah. It's interesting. Next, we have coming to. Oops. Coming to Netflix, we have Sweet Girl starring Jason Momoa for Momoa Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Actually, coming out August 20th, a devastated husband vows to bring justice to the people responsible for his wife's death while protecting the only family he has left, his daughter. So, there you go. Isabella Merced will play Rachel, his daughter. Jason Momoa plays Cooper. Amy Brenneman's in it. And Justin Bartha. Yeah, so... Yeah. Then, uh, another trailer for... Just so you don't forget about the movie The King's Man, the third in the trilogy. In the early years of the 20th century, King's Man agency is formed to stand against a cobble plotting a war wipeout millions. Expected December 22nd. Guess you can't push that movie any further than that, besides shoving it another year. <laughs> uh, originally, it was supposed to come out September 18th, I believe, of last year. It then okay. got pushed, obviously. Like, no, 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 we'll just wait to release this in theaters, although probably make more money on streaming. But whatever. So, lastly, Queen Pins. A pair of housewives create a $40 million coupon scam uh, set to be released September 10th, starring Kristen Bell, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, Vince Vaughn, Joel McHale, Annie Mamulo, Stephen Root, uh, Baby Rixa, Nick Cassavetes, Jack McBrayer, Mark Evan Jackson, yeah. We cast, um, believe the studio that brought you Bad Moms and Hustlers comes Queen Pins. Couponing goes criminal. So, yeah. Good September movie. And, yeah, that's it, man. <clears throat> so, then we got Space okay. Jam coming up Friday. Yeah, it's going to be HBO Max. <laughs> um, Same. Back to Black Widow. So far, worldwide box office, $215 million. And it is, this is the 24th movie in the MCU, and it is also the 24th movie debut number one. So every MCU movie has been number one this first week. Yep. It's like, damn. They it got did. it, man. When you got it, you got it. And I think domestically it was $80 million in theaters and $60 million off Disney Plus alone. Right. So, I don't yeah, see that. I'm not taking in. my family. I'm not taking, because we already talked about this, but I'm not taking the family of four <clears throat> to the movies, even if mine is, tech, you know, 55 cents or whatever the charge is that they do. Yeah. I'm taking three plus concessions. We'll do the $30 and rewatch it more times than we care. So, bringing that up, when yeah. I took my daughter to see F9, yeah. we went to see 48. So we, we saw this family. It was uh, a man and his wife and his three kids. So like, oh, they're probably here to go see uh, Peter Rabbit or yeah. I don't think I don't think Boss Baby was out there. But maybe they're going to see Peter Rabbit too. Like, all right, cool. So we're sitting down and F9 
and they come in. I'm like, dude, that's like almost a hundred dollars, probably hundred dollars there, and they had concessions. So I'm like, they made an event out of it for sure. Yeah, so I'm like, whatever, either either they saved up for this, and this was yeah. just their big summer thing, or I need to find out where he works. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, yeah, but I was like, man, that's all right. That's that, I mean, it was. Hope it was worth it for them. Exactly. They had fun, fun it seemed. But I was just like, wow. Yeah, that, that hurt my pockets, and that wasn't even me. It wasn't even me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But yeah, so, like, in situations like that, I can understand the, the premium access. Because, um, yeah, if I, had, if I had a big family we were all wanting to see, or even to just have friends over and they all want to watch it, shoot, yeah. Right. We'll just do that, order some food, pizza, make it up, and then we'll watch it like that. But, um, but yeah. I don't. I don't see that going anywhere. The access, you know, there. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. At all. <laughs> yep. I saw that uh, when I was purchasing the Black Widow. I saw that uh, Cruella will be available on Disney Plus uh, in late August, I think. Okay. So, for streaming, for regular streamers. Yeah. So I'll probably just end up waiting until then because I haven't really been. I, I've yet to have an urge to go see it, although. You convinced me that I should at least watch it. So yeah. I will watch just wait till it comes to regular yeah. streaming. Save my movie going experiences for other films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. I think that's about it. Wednesday will be the season finale of Loki. And then in a few weeks later, we'll have the What If animated series. Yes, the trailer. It's good, Great. man. Yeah, I'm ready. Good animation too. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It'll be the last performance for Chadwick Boseman as far as voice yep. acting. Yeah. For Chala, so I was like, it was bittersweet, but yeah. at least we're able to. At least he was able to finish it, and it's not like they use computers to make them right. speak it. So He's like, together. Yeah. Which they could easily do, and yeah, I hope they don't do that. Like they in the future. Peter Cushing. Cush- they could do it for Peter Cushing. They could do it. For- yeah. I mean, they've got the technology, but I'm glad they're not. Just yeah, agreed. Be, be, yeah. So, I'm ready to see that. Same. All right, man. I guess that's uh, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, side note, obviously, uh, if you haven't had a chance, I would love it for everybody to check out uh, season two. Time to wind down. Episode one is currently out. Uh, interviewed. Brian, uh, jazz musician, trumpeter, uh, Brian Swartz about um, inspiration and how he how he gets inspiration for his music and his craft and then turns it into his art. Uh, part one of that two part interview is out this week uh, or came out last Friday. Episode two this week will be with uh, my good buddy Travis Heisel talking about poetry and art. And then part three will be actually not this week. I'm sorry. Next week. Cause I'm doing every two weeks. Okay. And then, um, so yeah, next Friday, um, we'll be an uh, interview with Travis. And then in three weeks we'll have now episode three will be part two of, uh, Brian's interview. So please check that out. I would love it. It'd be awesome. And, uh, I guess we'll talk to everybody next week. Space Jam. Hey. thanks for listening if you enjoyed our show and have a moment please rate and review it helps us out a lot also recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids you can find us on twitter at pa movie podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.